This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. We've been uh, doing this series on the Holy Spirit and His help. As a reminder, uh, after the service is over, we're going to have people up here in the front, some of our leaders and staff members. And if you would like to receive the Holy Spirit, we're going to talk about receiving the Holy Spirit tonight. If you would like to receive the Holy Spirit, just come on up here to the front. We, we don't make a big deal over it. Everybody goes this way. You're welcome to come down here and, uh, and receive. Let's pray, and then we're going to jump into this. Father, we're grateful for this time. We're thankful for all that you've done for us and all that you continue to do. You are good, and your mercy endures forever. And so tonight we thank you, Father, with, with open hearts. We approach you. We approach your word. We thank you that for the Holy Spirit, who is the great teacher. And Father, I thank you for the anointing to speak clearly and accurately, boldly. Father, what a wonderful gift that you've given. And we thank you for that. Show us what we haven't seen. Make it even more real in our lives. We'll give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to roll through some scriptures tonight, and, and some of this is going to be a little bit of a recap, but it, it's good as we talk about the, the Holy Spirit and His help. And I want to talk about the Holy Spirit after salvation. So this is after, this is after salvation. I want to show you tonight uh, from the scriptures. We're going to look at, uh, at the scriptures, and one of the phrases we're going to hear tonight is the phrase, receive the Holy Spirit, which is an interesting phrase. Not a phrase we use with salvation, but it's a phrase that we use for a different experience. So I'm going to jump right into Acts, the second chapter. Here's where the day of Pentecost, which was a feast day for the, uh, for the Jewish people, the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost had fully come. They were all, these were all the disciples, about 120 people, were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Would you hang on to that verse right there and leave it up there just for a moment? You'll hear the phrase sometimes, someone who is Spirit-filled. You ever heard that? Spirit-filled? That's where they get this from. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. But I want, I want you to catch this, this next part. And begin to speak with other tongues. Now, it's, it's, it's not said, it's not in there, but they is implied. So you could say, and they were all filled, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. One of the things that I, I think catches people by surprise or they're not familiar with, and I had some young people ask me a great question just a few weeks ago. They said, okay, how do we learn to speak with tongues? I said, well, it's not something that you necessarily learn. It's something where the Holy Spirit will give you the utterance or the words, but you're going to have to do the speaking. And so... One of the really unique things about that is I think sometimes people feel like if I get filled with the Spirit, then the Holy Spirit's going to speak through me. Well, that's not, no, you're still doing the speaking. It's not going to be like a different voice. It's, it's, and, and the Holy Spirit's not going to grab your mouth and make you work. I mean, it's not like I was just standing there and all of a sudden I'm just, I'm all right, all right. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Uh, and, and one of the good news is, and, th and this is what people kind of are like, well, you know, Alan, you know, I, I, I work in a very conservative environment, and I just, I can't speak with tongues, because if I speak with tongues, man, they'll, they'll kick me out. They'll, they'll think I'm crazy. You have the ability to speak with tongues or not. I've done this for years. I've been in sales for years on high-level sales. And I don't walk in there and speak in tongues. That freaks people out. They're unbelievers. That's not what they're there for. And it's not what tongues are there for. It's not to use to freak people out. But it's still your choice. So you're not going to, Paul said, I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with the understanding. 
I'll sing with the Spirit and I'll sing with the understanding. Notice he said, I will. The Holy Spirit gives us the utterance, but we're the ones that have to do the speaking. Now, here's another thing when people come to receive. I've prayed with people over the years. And I prayed for them. I said, I want, you want to receive? Yes, I want to receive. Well, they pray to receive, and then they stand there and go. Now, if you do that, nothing's going to happen. Because you're still going to have to step out by faith and do the speaking. Does that make sense? The Holy Spirit will give you the utterance, but you do the speaking. He's not going to make your mouth move. He's not going to pry your mouth open and make you speak. Now, you know that from talking to your kids. <laughs> you ever told your little one, say thank you to grandma, and they'll sit there and go, say thank you to grandma. Well, until they open their mouth, you can even reach over there and grab their little mouth and go say thank you to grandma. No, it's not going to work. And the Holy Spirit's not going to do that to you. He will give you the utterance, but you're going to have to do the speaking. It's not a learned skill. It's something he gives you. you. Say, well, that's unusual. It's supernatural. It's a supernatural thing. And so it's a spiritual thing. It's a supernatural thing. But that, that's the phrase. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to speak. So second one, I'm, I want to give you some other scriptures. The Holy Spirit and the Samaritans. Now, some of these we've seen before, but we're going to go through this again because I want you to see this part. This is Acts chapter 8. Philip had gone down, and uh, this was, I think they said, roughly 10 years after the day of Pentecost. And, and Philip went down to, to Samaria and began to preach. He said, preach Christ to him. But when they believed Philip, the Samaritans, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God, in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Okay, just stop right there. Yeah, good. Uh, how many of you think right there when, when they... Believe Philip as he preached things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. How many would, if you just took that at face value, how many think a whole lot of people got saved? Right? How many know we don't baptize people ahead of time? We don't baptize you by faith. We baptize you as a profession of your faith in Jesus Christ. Right? Okay, how many of you have been water baptized? How many of you did it after you got born again? That's when we do it, right? Now, I realize maybe, maybe you got baptized as a child or sprinkled as a child. We dedicate, we don't baptize little children. Baptism as a sign, and what it is a sign of, it is a sign of the fact that you have made a decision for Christ. And so, really, it is the witness. Before we ever came up with altar calls, it's the witness that you were buried with him in baptism, risen with him to newness of life. It does not save you, but it is a, a landmark in your life. You never forget it. And it's, so, it's, if you've never been water baptized, we do it periodically here. I would encourage you to do it simply out of obedience to the Lord and because it, it sets a stage. It's a landmark in your life. You go, I was water baptized. And it says something to other people. It's a testimony. I have received Jesus as Lord. So, you took it down. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might, here's the, the phrase I want you to catch, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Man, I, would, I need one of those things where I could like point like the weather people, <laughs> who, that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet he had fallen upon. Remember, we talked about the Holy Spirit within, Holy Spirit upon. He'd fallen upon none of them. They'd only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, 
And they, what's that next word? Received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon, now Simon was a, a guy who was a sorcerer. He was practicing black arts and, and with them. Actually, Simon got saved in this revival that Philip had going on. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money saying, give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay, my, I lay hands may receive, there's that word again, receive the Holy Spirit. Notice we, three times that phrase is used, receive the Holy Spirit. This is not something we have to beg. This is not something we have to, 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 to work up something. This is not something we have to, to change everything in our life or go to church three times in a row. This is simply something we receive. And we receive the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the interesting thing. This passage here in, in 8 is one of the only times that you hear the receiving the Holy Spirit, but you don't, you don't see the speaking in tongues. But you say, well, see, Alan, that's what I want. I want the Holy Spirit, but I don't want to speak in tongues. You really don't. You want both. And, and, and the reason you want both is, and, and I'll, I'll go into more detail of that next week, but the reason you want both is the amazing ability it offers your prayer life. That is the biggest reason. It empowers you for service. It absolutely changes your prayer life for the better. I'm going to ask a question here. Just, I want to put some of you on the spot. How many of you are, have been used to baptized with the Holy Spirit? You say, I do speak with tongues, and it has blessed my prayer life tremendously. Can I just see some hands? So you're not alone. Huge blessing in prayer, prayer life. Ever had something you just felt like was something going on, you didn't know what to do about it? And you start praying. Lord, bless Mama. Bless Daddy. Bless my cousins. Bless my sister. Bless their cousins. Bless their children. You, know, you can start running down through a laundry list. But the Bible said the Holy Spirit can help us pray for one of the things we don't even know. Who is that big? How do you think I pray for a church of thousands? I don't know everybody. But, you, but guess who does? The Holy Spirit does and he can help us pray. So that's the only time you don't see that. But something must have happened because Simon, the guy who used to make money bewitching these people, who's now saved and is not going to be bewitching people anymore, he wanted to give them money. He said that whomever I lay my hands on will receive the Holy Spirit. Now, for example, if I just if I walk up and do this, do you see any reaction out of Deborah? She's embarrassed, but there's no reaction. <laughs> nothing's happened. And so if, if I do this and nothing's happened, none of you are going to come up afterwards and go, uh, Alan, would you? Man, I'd love that. I'd love to be able to lay hands on people and have the, that same reaction that Deborah had. Not, outside of embarrassed people, nothing happened, right? You okay, Deborah? I'm good. Okay, good. All right. You sit on the front row, you, you know, it's dangerous down here. You know that. But does, does that make sense? Something was visible, something tangible took place. He said, I said, I want, he said, I want that power that whoever I lay hands on is going to receive the Holy Spirit. Let's keep going. The Holy Spirit and the Gentiles. First time that the Holy Spirit showed up with the Gentile church was with Cornelius, who was a Roman centurion. Tough guy. You don't get to be a Roman centurion without being a tough guy. And he was a tough guy. He was a warrior. He was a fighter. And he, he loved God. You know, you can be a warrior and a fighter and an excellent soldier and love God. It's, it's, it's not a contradiction. 
You can be a, you can be a Navy SEAL and love God. You say, well, Navy SEALs kill people. You can kill people in Jesus' name and love God. I, it's, it's, if it's enemies of our country and you're protecting our country, do you, 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 you do understand. So there's, there's no profession that, 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 that's a legal, honest profession that God said, no, you can't do that. You can't be that. So he's a centurion, tough guy, loves God, and uh, he has an angel that appears to him and sends him for Peter. Peter goes into the, to the, um, his house. Peter has a vision. God had to get Peter, who's Jewish, to go into the house of a Gentile. And he goes into the house. He begins to speak to him. This is Acts 10. So let's look at this again. While Peter was still speaking these words, he preached Jesus to him. The Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. You know something? That again, you, you still hear that phrase, he fell upon. And those are the circumcision. That means the Jewish people who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because there's, that, there's a phrase, the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also for they heard them. How did they know that? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. That's how they knew that it had happened. They, they, so these, Gent, these Gentiles who the Jewish people didn't ever think could be saved. These Gentile people, Paul, Peter goes in there, he begins to preach, and he preaches believing in Jesus. And as soon as he does, you can go back and read the chapter. As soon as he does, he said the Holy Spirit falls on them, and, and they begin to speak with tongues and magnify God. So they're magnifying God. They're glorifying God. And the Jewish people are absolutely just befuddled. How in the world can that happen? But then they said, well, that's the same thing we received. And so you hear that phrase, receive the gift. It's a gift. And it's secondary. It's different from salvation. You say, well, Alan, I'm, I've been saved. I've got the Holy Spirit. Yes, you do. You're born of the Spirit, and you have the Holy Spirit within you. If you didn't, you wouldn't have the witness of the Spirit that you're a child of God. So you've got that. And I realize sometimes in some denominations, they've told people, well, if, you're, you, if you don't speak in tongues, you're not born again. That's not true. It's categorically not true. It's inaccurate. I'll show you that again from the scriptures. But this was, again, Acts, the Holy Spirit, and the Gentiles. Here's, here's the one we have not talked about yet. This is one of the most interesting ones to me. It's the Holy Spirit at Ephesus. Paul was traveling around talking to people. Let's read this. This is in Acts 19. It happened while Paulus was at Corinth that, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. It's a big, major city. And finding some disciples, he said to them, did you, there's that next word, what? Receive the Holy Spirit when you believed. Now that's an interesting question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Prophecy is inspired speaking in a known language. Tongues is inspired speaking in unknown language. So, I think the question is interesting is that when Paul found these disciples, he thought they were believers. It's an interesting question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So he got around them 
Now, let me ask you a question. Why would you ask someone that question if it wasn't a different experience? A friend of mine was, uh, I went to college with, uh, my best friend. He and I pledged a fraternity together as freshmen, and we went all through college together. We, we lived in the same fraternity house. We did a lot of, did a lot of damage together. We, uh, he's, uh, he and I were, he and I were very different, but we made a great team. And we teamed up. We used to play two-on-two -two basketball. We were just, we were just buddies, and, and still are. We'll, we'll text one another uh, just every few weeks and just uh, touch base. Good friend. And when I, uh, I got out and we both graduated, he wound up getting a job in St. Louis, and I came down here into Texas. I worked with Wrangler Jeans. Wrangler Jeans transferred me from North Carolina down to Houston. So I got to Houston selling Western wear. And uh, Wrangler, Wrangler, I'd never worn Wranglers in my life. And so I had to get some Wranglers and I bought some boots. And the uh, first time I walked in the Western store with the boots, I'll never forget the lady looked at me. She said, honey, we gotta get you some real boots. Because <laughs> they were the real pointy toe kind of boots. Yeah, I could have backed a roach in the corner and killed him, man. I just could <laughs> She said, we need to get you some real boots, darling. So I, I got me some lizard, i never forget, some, some peanut brittle or lizard skin boots. And so I was down here and I, I wandered into, a, I actually heard a group of singles talking behind me in the motel I was staying for a little bit. And I heard them talking about a meeting they were going to. I didn't know anybody. I invited myself into the meeting. And uh, I went there and it was a bunch of spirit-filled uh, uh, singles from Lakewood Church. And so I remember going back to, to Lakewood Church and uh, I prayed with a guy named Joe Valdez. He prayed for me and I received the baptism in spoken tongues. Actually, I'd, I'd already been baptized in the Holy Spirit. But I figured I'd lived so bad since the time I was 19 and been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I figured I needed to get rebaptized in the Holy Spirit again because undoubtedly he left me. Do you know he never left me? He never did. This was my thinking. And so I actually could have, I could have yielded to the Holy Spirit and spoken in tongues, even, even though I wasn't living right, but I was living so bad, I thought, no, no, I need to get this again. I need to do it again. So anyway, now I'm fired up, living, living for God, going to Lakewood, and I call my best friend. And I'll never forget his response. I said, John, I got to tell you something. I remember this, this he and I did part... He was the drug guy. John did drugs. John, if you're listening to this, there's no way you can get around this. I know you did drugs. <laughs> you did hard drugs. You did crazy stuff. And um, so John was, John was wild. And I called John. I said, John, I just want to tell you something, man. I, I gave my heart to, to Jesus Christ. And uh, I've been filled with the Spirit. I'll never forget his first question. He said, he said you're not speaking in them tongues, are you? And I, I paused a bit and I said, yeah, John, I am. He went, oh, man. I guess I have two, too. I said, yeah, you do. <laughs> and so he, he, he went to church, gave his life to the Lord, prayed to receive the Holy Spirit, did not receive, went home. This is John. This is my friend. You have to know him, but. He goes home, he said he kneels down by his bed and he prayed. He said, Lord, 
You gave Alan the Holy Spirit. You need to give me the Holy Spirit. And he, and he just began to, he received the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues. He still does every day. We, 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 get, we get together. Very successful uh, real estate guy up in, uh, up in St. Louis. And uh, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. But I'll never forget his response. You're not speaking in them tongues, are you? Yeah, I am. Every day, John. And neither one of us regret it. It's been a blessing. I've heard people say a lot of things in life. I heard them say, you know, I regret uh, getting involved with drugs. I regret, you know, abusing alcohol. I regret some decisions I've made. You know, I've never heard one person come to me and say, you know, Alan, I regret being filled with the Spirit speaking in tongues. Never heard one person say, I regret that. I've heard a lot of people say, I wish I'd done it earlier. Paul asked the, the group of, at Ephesus, he said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Obviously, it's a second experience. Now, here's the thing. Sometimes people say, well, Alan, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want that. Well, listen, look, the, look through the scriptures yourself. And, and you have to make up your own mind. The Lord's not going to force anything on you. We're not going to force anything on you. I believe a church ought to be big enough that we allow people to come in whatever they are and can learn and grow. And so don't, don't worry about, well, you know, Alan, if I don't do that, am I, I going to be accepted here or loved here? We love you regardless. We loved you before you ever, before you ever came. We've been praying for you. And so we're not, no, don't, don't, don't get hung up on that. But if someone came and offered you an awesome gift, and you would all at least think about receiving it. If someone said, man, I got a gift for you and it's really good. You got called by, you got called by the people of a billionaire. So I represent Mr. So-and-so. He's a billionaire. You don't know his name. He's very private. But he wants to give you a very valuable gift. Are you interested? Well, if a billionaire calls me and says they want to give me a very valuable gift, I'm at least interested. I'd like to at least know because if he thinks it's valuable, then it's good. If God thinks it's good, it's good. It's, it's not, this is, this is something. And Paul and the early church evidently thought it was important because that was one of the questions. Have you received since you believed? And they said, I don't even know if there is a Holy Spirit. He said, what do, you, what do you guys get baptized to? Well, they were John the Baptist's disciples. And they'd been baptized for repentance. So what did he do? He told them about Jesus. He didn't lay hands on them. He told them about Jesus. You know, every, every week we talk and, and give people an opportunity to, to receive salvation. We don't make them walk an aisle. We, we, just, we ask you to acknowledge by, by an uplifted hand, but that's really for you more than it is for us. But we don't, we don't come and say, well, okay, everyone wants to get saved. Come down here, and Alan's going to lay hands on you. No. You believe with your heart, and you can, that, that, that Jesus, and you confess, no, you believe with your heart that God raised him from the dead. We confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and that's how we're saved. Right? If you've ever prayed with someone to receive salvation, you didn't lay your hands on them. You said, follow me in this prayer. And you give them the prayer, and they pray that. So again, Paul is talking about another experience. He's talking about this is a secondary experience. People, like to, people don't like that sometimes. They say, well, you know what, Alan, I, I don't believe that. I believe that all that stuff passed away. Well, what's the scripture for that? Well, here's the one they use. 1 Corinthians 13, 8. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Let's leave that up there just for a second. Okay, let's go, whether there are tongues, they will cease. So people will look at that and go, well, well, tongues have ceased. Well, if tongues have ceased, then 
prophecies. There's still prophecies that haven't come to pass yet. You do know that, don't you? How about the fact that Jesus is coming again? Has that come to pass? We better hope not. <laughs> no, it hasn't come to pass yet. It's, it's come, that's a prophecy. That's talking about a future event. There's a lot of future events that haven't happened. I'll tell you what, they are starting to happen and unfold pretty rapidly, but it hasn't come to pass yet. One day, the trumpet, the Bible said the trumpet will sound and we're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye and those who are alive and remain will go and meet the Lord with the air. It's called the rapture. going to be a great time. That hasn't, that hasn't happened. So that hasn't happened yet. And what about knowledge? Has knowledge vanished away? It, no. In fact, if anything, we know more now than we ever did. And so knowledge hadn't vanished away and tongues haven't ceased. Do you see what I'm saying? People say, well, if that's the only scripture that you're going to base that on, that's not enough. And usually you want two or three. But there's no, this has passed away stuff. Here's the second one. Well, Alan, all that passed away when the last apostle died. Okay. Well, let's look at that from a scriptural standpoint. Y'all here? Okay, good. Just thought, well, is he going to say something controversial? Yeah, this whole message is controversial. So um, Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. Look at this. And he, this is Jesus himself, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. Leave that up there if you would, please. He gave some to be apostles. The word apostle means sent one. There were 12 original apostles of the Lamb. Judas, Judas committed suicide. He's out. But there, so they left 11 apostles of the Lamb. Uh, Paul was an apostle. It's a sent one, someone who is sent. They go, they, they're sent into an area. Many of people who function as missionaries are really have an apostolic type calling. We have, a, we have a, a man here, he's pretty much retired now, but Ben Gill was a truck driver from the valley who the Lord sent to Bolivia, who established a work in Bolivia, established two churches and a television ministry that preached all over the nation. He didn't know anybody. He showed up in Bolivia with two suitcases. That's an apostolic type of ministry. That's a sent. Some prophets. Prophets have a, typically have a very distinct, special message. They have a message from God. These are very much anointed. Keith Moore comes here. Uh, he'll, in fact, he's coming back. We've got to confirm he's coming back in, um, in September. Now, Keith Moore has a prophetic ministry. He says things that are just unusually profound. Prophetic ministries. They, have, they haven't stopped. So here's the deal. Some of you say, well, there's no more apostles. There's no more prophets. Said who? Some evangelist. Joe McGee? Who's our Joe McGee? Joe McGee, is, is he funny? Tells stories? It's kind of funny. But I'm, I'm standing up there on the stage. Every time he, he gives an altar call, hands go up. I've been watching some of you, y'all. I've been preaching at you for months, and Joe McGee comes, and you're like, I'm going to see Jesus. But what he is, he's an evangelist. And, and evangelists have, have a new, very unique ability to reach the lost. Evangelists still there? Yep. Pastors. So it's not like the Lord said, well, we don't need apostles anymore. We don't need prophets. Well, I guess he maybe decided well, he didn't need pastors and teachers. When did that pass away? There, see, there is not a scriptural evidence for it. What happens is, too often, people 
take their experience and try to make God's word fit their experience. Instead of doing that, say, Lord, this is what your word says. Help me raise my experience to meet your word, not the other way around. Does that make sense? So that's the thing. So tonight, uh, if, you, if you like, we're going to have some of our leaders. They'll be up here at the front. We'll do it again next week, probably. I probably should be able to wrap this up in June. It's been a, it's been a long series, but it's a big topic. And uh, so we'll give you an opportunity to pray. Let's pray before we go. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, who is a wonderful teacher. And thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit that every believer has the right to receive. So, Father, we thank you for that. Thank you for the ability to speak in a supernatural language that just is beyond our understanding. Thank you for that. What a wonderful gift. And Father, thank you most of all for the gift of salvation, the gift of being born again. What a, oh, that's the best. And we thank you for that. Many of us have received that, Lord, and we appreciate it so much. Said your bowed and eyes are closed. If you came tonight and said, you know what, Alan, I don't think I've ever received that gift of salvation. I don't know that I've ever made Jesus my Lord. Or maybe I, you did it one time, and you're kind of like me. You got away from God. You're just so far away, and you realize, man, I, I, need, I need the Lord in my life, or I need to come back to him. Would you slip your hand up real quick? You say, Alan, that's me. Would you pray for me? Thanks. Great. Thank you. Thank you. You put your hands down. We're going to pray. If you didn't lift your hand and wanted to, you're watching online, maybe you're by yourself, you can pray this with us. We're going to pray it out loud together as a church family. If you're by yourself, pray it out loud. If you're with other people, you can pray it quietly. If you're here, let's pray this all together as a church family. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead right now. I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer tonight, for those that prayed it online. Father, for those who have prayed it in times past, we thank you for the gift of salvation. And we rejoice with them that you have received them. We rejoice with them that their new creations forgiven and have a brand new start. Lord, we give you all the praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.